Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Mind the Health Gap. Yep. This week, on. the theme for this month is vaccinations, and the topic for this week is the vaccine debate. Um, our guest is a PhD researcher at UCL in the Department of Psychiatry. He's also working at Project Shivam, a platform that uses DNA data research to create personalised new therapies. Welcome, Ibrahim. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a full, very honoured for being like your first guest on this um, booming podcast. I can see big yes. things for you in the future. And Soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. So now I'm going to define what a vaccine is in the simplest terms so that Beauty can outline what the, um, what the episode's going to entail today. So a vaccine, vaccines are a form of primary prevent- prevention. They protect people and society overall. Mm-hmm. So vaccines can come in, they could be dead or weakened viruses. So an example of a live actual vaccine is the MMR. Mm-hmm. An inactive one is the polio or a hepatitis A. So let me pass it on to BT to outline what we're gonna have right. what we're gonna do today. Thanks, Mara. Right, obviously you guys we could, we have a lot to say about vaccinations, like a lot. But we don't have enough time to cover ground with everything. So I guess what we're trying to do in this next four weeks is to touch on like the main points of the vaccination movement, vaccination policy, and like key debates within it. Uh, so today, um, it, would, it would have been great for us to speak about vaccinations from more scientific point of view, <laughs> but we're not scientists. <laughs> um, so instead, we're going to have a more global health approach. And as Mohammed has already um, introduced the topic, we want to focus more on something that has disrupted um, global health, well, vaccinations from a global health perspective, and that is the anti-vax movement. Mm. I'm so glad you touched on MMR because that's the one that that everyone knows. Um, so obviously, Ibrahim is here with us. And... Before I ask him any questions, uh, I will, you guys know the setup, I will ask him questions, Mohammed will ask him questions, and all of it will literally just be a discussion. So let's get to it. Um, I would say, like, the main thing that drives the anti-vax movement is this element of trust, or lack of trust mm-hmm. for them. Um, and, you know, if there is a movement for something, there's always a movement against it. Um, so, as Mohammed defined what vac- vaccination is, or what the vaccination movement is, um, okay, he didn't, but we can guess from a vaccine, the vaccination movement is people who get vaccination to be immunized against certain diseases. So the anti-vax movement are people who are opposed to vaccination movement, <laughs> clue in the name. Uh, and the demographic is typically parents who don't want their children to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Are we in agreement? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Some people actually, <laughs> some parents go as far to say that vaccinations are a human rights violation. Mm-hmm. read many articles where people have said this. Um, I mean, Ibrahim, this is where like I'll introduce you to the topic. Like, How much do we know about the anti-vax movement? And what are your thoughts about it? Mm. That's a really good question. What do I know about the anti-vaccine? <laughs> vaccine? Um, I think I have been aware of it. I think the anti-vaccine movement kind of was born on the internet. Mm. So I think it's always existed in different forms. Mm. Um, but I think in its current form now, probably last three or four years, and I think it's only been getting worse. And I think, as we all know, we've seen the stats, you know, measles on the rise etc yep. etc et and mm-hmm. a lot of people are, are sort of quick to blame the anti-vaxxers for this um and <clears throat> so i think the first thing i want to sort of touch on is that there was uh, an article that i was reading myself yeah. that said precisely the same thing mm-hmm. um and the weird thing is within that same um so the the, the article was saying now look measles is on the rise blaming on anti-vaxxers and then they started to you know refer back to reports out there to try and sort of you know uh, give it yeah exactly yeah. evidence whatever yeah. and i found it interesting actually they quoted the phe the public health england mm. and what these guys got these group does is that every so often they do like a report 
generally speaking, to find out what people's attitudes are towards vaccines. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this report by Johnson. When no. was it released? I don't know, but the article's from this year, so I think it okay. must have been in the year, within the past year or so. They released articles annually, yeah, so yeah. it definitely would be for this year. So, exactly. So, and, and, and the, what the Public Health England found was that, in fact, the attitudes towards the vaccinations mm. hasn't changed. It's, ex- mm. it's pretty much the 95% to 87%, which is good um, for the first dosage and also getting like subsequent dosages. Yeah. Um, and then the Royal Society, and then one, one reason they said that measles could be on the rise is uh, because of GPs not being able to facilitate the vaccinations. Okay. Um, and they've got like a vaccine policy lead, William Durham, mm-hmm. who said that like one of the main reasons for this is the anti-vaccine movements online. Yeah. However, like, you know, there's... That, that is only one part of the reason why measles going up and yeah. you know as i said the public health england have said that you know gp access is a key barrier to vaccine uptake so this mm. you know is not as black and white there no. is many things out there yeah. and and even within the cohort where they were measuring like you know the increases is between the age of 15 and 34 mm. it's not below the age of 50 um, below the age of 15 which would make sense because you'd assume since, you know, the MMR debacle in, in the late 90s, yeah. the intake would be decreasing slowly. But in fact, the biggest group that was affected by this measles outbreak yeah. is between 15 and 34, where you'd think there's relatively high uptake of the MMR vaccine. So, yeah. I definitely agree to yeah. that. And just to add, um, a lot of people have stated that the anti-vax movement started and was conceptualized after the Andrew Wakefield Wakefield um, publication in the Lancet. Do you agree? To, do you agree with that? No, the anti-vaccine movement always always existed. Uh, I think a um, couple of times, pharmaceutical industry have shot themselves in the foot. Um, so there was an incident in the fifties where they there was the Cutter incident where there were the first sort of polio vaccine that was going to be distributed and you know people were going to get immunized with it mm-hmm. um and then what ended up happening was within these so there was live viruses there was live viruses within these actual vaccines and i think 140 or 120,000 of these vaccines and what happened is um let me just pull out the stats so 40,000 cases of actual polio happened as a result yeah. of this there was 53 plus cases of paralysis and like many like people died so I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm very sceptical. So I can be like, I'll, I'll take an objective approach. I'll be thinking like, look, vaccines clearly do work. They're mm. getting safer. Mm. So I want to know, like, some of these people that are, are anti-vaxxers aren't stupid people. Like, they're not dumb people. Mm. Like, we can't just be, I think, and it's also become more politicised over the years where, you know, anti-vaxxers have been sort of linked to right-wingers and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I think when, when you do a historical check, and you see, you know, some of these incidences that have happened, then you start to wonder, am I actually crazy for think for having doubts of yeah of this? Yeah. So I'm not again, vaccines are hundred they're very safe, relatively safe. I can never say any vaccine's safe yeah. because there's side effects with everything is gonna affect people differently. Relative to like so but generally speaking, yes, they're very, very, very safe. And yeah. Sorry. No, no, please continue. I was, I was just saying that. So, you know, they're very, very safe. and But there are, you know, parts in history which, you know, unfortunate, unfortunate incidences have and they might refer back to. Mm. And you can't sort of blame anyone for saying that, look, this is what happened. Mm. How can you tell me mm. this won't happen again? Mm. Like, we're, there's, we can only be one incident away from for it to get worse than it currently is now. Yeah. Like, if this was to happen today, um, you know, many deaths because of a vaccine... You know, would be it'd be it would be horrendous for everyone. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's first. Yeah, I just wanted to add like the history is very correct in that the anti-vax movement didn't just start with the Andrew Wakefield. I think that definitely sensationalised it. So let me just give like very brief, um, very brief history for like our listeners, particularly in England. So I think it was in seventeen ninety eight. An yep. old white guy <laughs> wrote a book called what was it called what was it called inquiry into cowpox some guy called edward jenner 
and this kind of caused vaccinations to come into the mainstream so doctors were like writing about it advocating for it but then as i said before you have a movement for something there will always be a movement against it and um a lot of people came out in opposition for it and said that entirely yeah yeah the, the church the church it was again it was against the church and it was a god-given life of no it was god-given right of life and death and many people made the argument because vaccinations in those days were directly from animals that it was incredibly disgusting to take something from an animal and put it within yourselves even though we eat animals but anyways and um that it was just another means of natural selections like and it's so interesting that you said that how it's been politicized getting more politicized because even then it was very politicized it was very much a class thing um controlling populations you know and then much later on american activists started this whole like oh my god this is like um a conspiracy theory between governments doctors pharmaceutical companies and yeah. do you do, do you not think that same line of thought has persisted it's rubbish today? I, and also this, sorry yeah, also yeah. where does yeah. that distrust come from yeah so first of all just so beauty's point about the conspiracy mm. is absolutely bs like yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> a, a, a young teenager that's on YouTube, like going through these conspiracies and this Illuminati yeah. BS, would would probably come across the the these vaccines, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, and it's not simply not true. Mm. And like I have, I'm quite blessed, so I have like certain opportunities within pharmaceutical, uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to see some of these guys. And these guys that are working in drug discovery and drug development are the normal people coming out of uni, like us that are sitting here. Do you know where I'm coming from? Like, it, these aren't people that have a hidden agenda that are trying to kill everyone or trying to make people mentally ill. Like, this isn't this conspiracy rubbish is 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 you know diabolical. Like, I, I don't take that for a second. Okay. Um, Wait, and, can, can we put a pin in that? I want to come back to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I want to. I want to come back to that. Let's put a pin in that. Sure, sure, sure. So just like to go back as well, like the. It was sensationalized by the Andrew Wakefield yeah. um, MMR paper, which was published in the Lancet as a huge sci- science medical journal. Journal, sorry, and that just kind of distributed like the power of noise. So, my question to you, I guess, like before we go back to your point, your previous point about con- being conspiracy being absolutely BS, to quote you correctly, mm. <laughs> um, do you think concerns expressed by anti-vaxxers are legitimate? Yeah, and like I gave you an example earlier, if if an anti-vaxxer was to give me incidences throughout history as to you know pharmaceutical uh, like effing people up and and, and giving them uh, vaccines, but that's actually that's trying to help them, but causes them a lot more damage long term wise, then mm-hmm. you know then, then that's a legitimate concern. Like when you have if you have a kid and you hear about all these stories, like mm-hmm. and you're not given the right information, then you know you're you're, you're gonna be quite hesitant as to whether you want to give and on the internet this is a uh, bunch of can i just intervene yeah where do you draw the line from having a concern to actually uh propelling anti-vaccination movements so having a concern with regards to these vaccines mm. it's a normal thing mm. there's no issue with that but where do you stand on the anti-vaccination movement mm. propelling um non-scientific challenges to what a vaccination is when it causes when it because you're having a mm. lot you're having a lot of these anti-vaccination movement mm. people <laughs> anti-vaxxers no yes <laughs> um being helped by the media so because mm. this is propelled by the media at the same time mm-hmm. but there's no scientific basis behind their claims mm-hmm. so how could it just be a concern when this information is being sent around to other people other parents i mean he did make the point, sorry, before he answers that, if they can back this up with evidence, with, like, legit stats. I'm not an icebox, by the way. But, <laughs> but they've never been able to do that. So... I think uh, I think the, the best way of thinking about the anti-vaxxer movement isn't just... It's not just one strand. There's many mm. strands within the anti-vaxxer movement. Mm. So, like, like, like you were talking about Edward Jenner at, at the time when he came out with his vaccine... Um, P, there were like religious people that were saying that we shouldn't actually be treating people that have this disease because it's a punishment from God. Yeah. And at that time, that was a, a view that was held by conservative 
you know, and Orthodox believers, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so we have got that, and then we have other people that were quite. Um, we had other people as well that were concerned about the efficacy and the safety yeah. and how these vaccines are made. Is mm. it made properly? You know, and you know, is it is it regulated? And who's making sure and who's holding it to account? You know, the entire pipeline and the entire process from the moment it's made to the delivery and that's that's important as well and there was i think the kind of first ban on vaccines was actually by the by a french government because um the italian so some italian um doctor came and he was inoculating all these patients yeah. but when they saw that he wasn't sort of um what's the word when he wasn't sort of um following the right protocol and it wasn't you know given the right aftercare so to speak um they became very the, the government became very sort of concerned they were like you're doing all of this but you you're not you don't know a lot about you know how to deal with the diseases or how to protect these people's better like it was just quite it was just you know inject these people with these vaccine and then you'll be better and they banned it because there was no proper regulations there was no protocols there was no govern governing body and they just banned it at that point in time so um I think oh, I can't remember what the question was. What was your question? The question was: You said that um, the anti-vaccination <laughs> movement is a concern, mm. but the information that they're propelling and producing has health consequences. So, just the other day, the WHO published an article that says misinformation is the, one of the leading causes of the latest um, measles measles insurgents mm. yeah it's part of it and like we said anti-vaxxers is part of it but then I've, I've stated what the public health england they have a complete different view of this they believe that like people not having access to gps is one of the reasons why you know the some of these vaccination update uptakes have, have decreased and we know what's happening right now under mm. this government you know the healthcare public health is, is dropping and of course one of the things that are going to be hit is going to be you know people getting vaccinated yeah. i don't know who um has anyone seen Joker? Yeah. Not the film. Not the yet. film? Yeah. yeah. On no one's seen it. Okay, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But, <laughs> you know. Okay, so I'll, I'll just leave it there. And then I <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, like like I said, part of it, yes, is, is it is um, it's bad that it's, it's really annoying that these anti-vaxxers have, have taken over the internet and they're spouting their, you know, rubbish and their misinformation, like you said. But at the same time, this should definitely be combated with the right information. Like, I think science communication has really been a huge letdown and a huge disservice. Um, and scientists and researchers and medical doctors that are out there mm. should combat the anti-vaxxers with a similar outrage as well on online, right? So I think because they're the loudest right now, it's having the most impact. Yeah. But I think medics and all these other, all these guys need to sort of put a big movement online as well and they yeah. should be com like as researchers read like most researchers like keep their work to themselves publish go to conferences and that's it i think there is a lot of things that the public don't know and it could be resolved if scientists were very forthcoming and were actually presenting their work to public more often oh definitely yeah accessibility and, and, uh, accessibility is, is a huge huge yeah. huge huge thing and okay. this is why like podcasts such as this is excellent because you can bring on the right people and you can you know you can break down whatever topic it is that you want and people will listen okay so i think to summarize what i think you're saying not to put words in your mouth but i think you're saying rather than focusing the entire anti-vax debate on the ills of social media mm. we should be putting resources behind empowering healthcare professionals with information and the means to engage people like the demographics more mm. concerned with the anti-vax movement i.e parents mm. is that what you're saying yeah okay i have yeah. to come back to something because i like to shake the table a bit sure. so you said prior that um it being a conspiracy theory is absolute bs mm. i'm quoting him correctly yes everyone else heard that right mm -hmm. okay um what about what, what would you say to big pharma companies you know they make these great vaccinations and they say, oh, we've cured this X infectious disease. Yep. Gonna go to Africa. They have 
clean bodies they don't take that many pills mm-hmm. as the kids here in the west do mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and then you know put them in them if it's not conspiracy what is that why do you think they do stuff like that hmm i think the there's so okay so i think over the decades yeah. there's become regulation and protocol and there's been loads of these governing bodies and agencies that prevent this type of behavior yeah i'm not saying it didn't exist no, no, no. then it, 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 it it's not conspiracy if it's true like yeah. it, there are certain things in our history pharmaceutical industry yeah, the healthcare yeah. that have you know we've you know the especially the the african community have yeah. really um what do you call it have got a lot of reasons to Mis- attack, like mistrust these people, a hundred percent. But but that is not only in healthcare, but in so many other aspects of life, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that is one of the things. So I wouldn't call that conspiracy. That's a fact, actually. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by cons? I think conspiracy. When we talk about conspiracies, I'm talking about the YouTubers that are saying like YouTube videos that are out there saying, "Oh, they're they're here to kill us. They're here to mind control us. Yeah. They're here to do that. Yeah. They're here to do the." the x y and z you know all of these scientists in these labs have got hidden agendas no i don't believe that yeah. like i don't i, I for you second, don't but th- that's the for some people that's the point of that's contact the reality yeah that's but we can't the thing is if we're out here check, look there's always going to be a subset of the population right that are going to hold their views no matter what yeah i think what the whole point of you know what we should be focusing on is those the larger proportion that could be influenced and swayed by that subset Okay. So if that subset has a lot of resources, their message can then infiltrate a lot of people. Mm. We can't we can't control them small subset. We can only focus on trying to win the, the argument and debate with the people that are on the sidelines, that are wishy-washy, that are full of doubts, um, and they don't know where to go. And people can prey on that vulnerability. That's yeah. where we should be focusing. I think that goes beyond an argument because yeah. um, with vaccinations and the whole topic of vaccinations... Um, people who are not vaccinated are a threat to society so it's no longer an argument it's a whole different field now mm-hmm. especially with herd community yeah uh, mm. so if enough people are vaccinated mm. it's harder for the disease to spread but those anti vaccine people mm. are against the idea <laughs> you know yeah. what it is yeah i think majority of these anti-vaxxers the ones that are outright don't want to be they don't want their child to be immunized etc they live in they, they're not in predominantly in the uk mm. they're from the us and they're like their political structure and everything is just so different like they have their five amendments or forever however amendments they have and yeah. the right to bear arms and etc they live in a free sort of so like there you can understand and see why people are like going to be you know really going to be resistant being um vaccinated by force and in the uk actually there was a point in our history where you'd get a penalty if you didn't if your child didn't get a vaccination at three months yeah so and that got overturned quickly Mm. and so yeah in the uk it's no longer compulsory to vaccinate your children yeah but obviously it's in your best interest to do so so. yeah um and that's another issue autonomy the parents autonomy where do you stand on that I haven't really made my mind up on on autonomy. I feel like <clears throat> we don't want to be living in a state where uh, we're setting the precedence. Everyone is forced to go on the under undergo a program, and no one can opt out. Uh, like I, I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. But at the same time, um, it is, you know, the reason why you know large parts of the globe was measles free was because of these programs. You know what I'm saying? So it's a hard one. Like, I, if 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 I was to say to someone like, "Look, you need to take this vaccine, otherwise I'm gonna give you a penalty." Like, that's your child. Like, you can make whatever decision. Like, as as a, as if someone's a doctor, you can only give your big best advice. You're not forcing them. You're not in prison. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't like do whatever you want. Like the we're, you know we're humans at the end of the day. We've got the right to make our own decisions. Yeah. But at the same time, you know it's gonna it's gonna affect the wider community if you if you don't get immunize or don't get a vaccination and people will die if you decide not to so it i don't think it's black and white it's it's, it's a hard one like uh, i haven't made my decision i don't think there is a consensus on that yet like that's why the laws vary between states between countries between different parts of the world people change from being having these you know penalties to taking them away so i don't you know it's a, that's a really tough one okay um i agree with you actually but 
I wanted to raise a point, like, coming out of autonomy mm. uh, and this whole idea of ethics and stuff. So, like, Mohammed already mentioned, like, people get vaccinated for a multitude of reasons. Herd immunity, uh, stop the spread of infectious disease, etc., etc., etc. My question to you is, so, people that have autonomy and that don't vaccinate for whatever reason, cultural, religious reasons, first mm. of all, do you class these people as anti-vaxxers? Um, Would you class these people as anti-vaxxers? Yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, anti-vaxxers is like it's a it's an umbrella with, and everyone Deep will have their stress. own different exactly. Everyone has their own different reasons, right? So, okay. yeah, anti-vaxxers, whatever you want to call it, they all are against and resisting the idea that you know people should get vaccinated. Against you it, know? okay. But do you think that? vaccine law or policy aren't being sensitive to these people because to them their culture or religion is a legitimate reason not to move forward with this and this is not to say that they don't they might not not understand Hmm. why the benefits of vaccination Hmm. majority of them do but it's just like this is what my religion dictates or this is what my culture dictates for example yeah um some of the vaccines contain gelatin so a lot of the muslim community are opposed (coughs) to that aspect not the actual vaccine so then i think then we need to then this becomes a wider problem and that we need if if it so of course there is a religious aspect to it but then that's when the scholars get involved and they need to be an active part of this debate to try and win those guys over it's it's important yeah you know it's for everyone's benefit at the end of the day so okay and you mentioned something oh i'm sorry uh, just to flip the whole argument, yeah. what if we were to look at vaccine vaccinations and vaccine the vaccine movement in Africa and look at it through the social determinants of health? What are social determinants of health, Mohammed? You can't just be throwing out these big words. Trust me, man. This guy's giving <laughs> me in a web. This man. is not like a <laughs> seminar, bro. What is that? They are basically social factors. So there could be upstream and downstream factors Again, that determine <laughs> that basically stop interrupting me. I'm sorry. That determine how likelihood someone is affected by a condition. Yeah. So culture, education, mm. class, mm. all those are factors that can inf- influence how someone experiences a disease. Yeah. So how does this influence? Uh, vaccinations in, say somewhere in Africa yeah. so just look at the Ebola case study yeah, yeah. in um, in um, Sierra Congo Sierra Leone so what's your views on that so what, what happened there like give me a bit of like because I I'm not well aversed with it's quite complex because <laughs> that's what I said yeah. <laughs> it's just so many factors yeah. that are involved so culturally um, indigenous people are not receptive to their uh, vaccination programs um, enlisted by the NGOs mm. and those that help out even the uh, government but they don't do it out of, out of ignorance they do it because there's just so many social factors mm. that so I think <clears throat> so this is so again this is this is another this is like another like kind of worms that you're opening I think there is general mistrust between Africans and, you know, non-Africans, if you want to put it that way. Like, you know, white people come into Africa and <laughs> doing the, you know, business there and leaving and telling us what is best for yeah. us. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what do you mean by business? It can be whatever. It can be, you know, like you're saying, clinical trials. Yeah. It can, uh, it can, it can, you know, whatever you want to put it. Like, I feel like there's just not, a, there's not a strong trust. There isn't a trust that's there. And so... I think the most important thing is is to, to train up local um, to train up local like medics and, and, and nurses and healthcare professionals that these people trust and educate them through that way because then you know they they're not going to look at someone that doesn't look anything remotely like them yeah. and tell them like guess what I'm going to do I'm going to put this into your body yeah. and you've got no safe about this so you know of course anyone would be skeptical and yeah. um, but my issue is many research that's been done in these african african countries yeah. have suggested that the people are educated they know the way a vaccine works and 
the whole process. But there are social barriers that still prevent them from getting these vaccinations. So what you're what I'm trying what you're implying is that we take our Western way of basically producing mm-hmm. vaccines or using vaccines mm-hmm. and try and fix their issues, so their disease or their um vulnerabilities using a western approach no these guys are going to listen to people that they um sort of associate themselves with mm. do you know what i'm saying so these drugs are again like it's tough because i i've <laughs> i'm not in the sort of like field and uh, of course there is like a deep deep issue but i feel like if there were African pharmaceutical companies, African researchers and scientists, I think people would be less hesitant in taking these vaccinations. Mm. Why would you say that? Uh, what makes them more receptive, receptive towards people. them? Yeah. Because it's your own people. You know there is no hidden agenda. Like yeah. There's always that doubt at the back of your mind that you know this vaccination might cause, you know, prevent, make me infertile, for example. Yeah. How do I know that? Because the same guys came to me 30, 40, 50 years ago and they done that, they yeah. said that to our ancestors and guess what happened? So, or it might be that, you know, a lot of these drugs are being tested on these guys first time round and it's like, well, the science is there. They haven't probably, they haven't probably shown these African communities that look, we've actually tried on another group before we've come to you as opposed to, oh, we've made a new drug and you guys are going to be the first one to be tested on, for example. And I know this doesn't happen, but this is a really hypothetical scenario. But I'm just trying to say that, like, it's still, even though the science might be there and these guys are very well educated, you know, there is still a lot of reason for them to be sceptical. So I'm saying if there's African pharmaceutical companies, if there's African um, researchers and doctors working in these vaccines in within Africa or in, in, in the regions that these individuals you know, that are being targeted at, mm. then I feel like the response are going to be a lot different. It's, it will be a lot different. Um, but again, this is... <sighs> I have a question yeah. for you. So, you're saying if, if, if someone that looks like me in my community, you know, say, for example, I am an anti-vaxxer, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, for the record. You better I, not be. <laughs> but say I was, and... Um, Say, for example, I had a child, I didn't want this kid to get MMR vaccine for obvious reasons, the association with autism. We will go into more depth in that, guys, in the second episode about that, or the third one, I can't remember. But, um, first of all, we have this element of someone else looking up me for me to be trusting enough to take it, mm. fair enough. But before that is the element of the fake news being propagated in the community. I hate the word fake news, but it's, it's the best true. way to, to yeah. Yeah, yeah. describe what I'm talking yeah. about. So in in our communities, WhatsApp, you, you know those... Chain messages. Those, oh, yeah. Chain messages that come through, aunties that come to your house, you know, oh my God, Ibrahim, <laughs> let me tell you, you, you know how it gets propagated. Yeah. How, how, first of all, how do you tackle stuff like that in our communities? And apart from just having someone else that looks like me like tell me oh this is good for you how do you actually engage to completely change attitudes do you think <laughs> it's a big question i'm asking you. It's, it's, if, we, if we knew the answers then you know yeah, we, wouldn't have this we wouldn't be even having yeah. this comp- yeah. but i think like i was saying i think one of the fundamental um issues that you know not only affects this but quite a number of other things as well is communication from scientists themselves yeah i think pharmaceutical companies are not engaged enough in this debate with the patients and the community we have access to doctors and not doc- any doc every like you won't ever find a doctor that's anti-vaxxer in the uk like you'll be struck off immediately <coughs> yeah but he got he got he got struck off and yeah, he, he got struck off and he's gone somewhere else and he's practicing but you know, that's not a view they, they hold. And so yeah. I think if scientists came out and pharmaceutical companies come out and were more transparent and open with their work, then people will be a lot less sort of uh, hesitant. Yeah. You, you need public engagement. And yeah. I'm sure there are 
you know, pharmaceutical companies have also attempted this. But I think more of that needs to be done. Like I was saying, the anti-vaxxer movement have got a huge machine on social media. Yeah. And unfortunately, pharma has got billions and they're not using this to try and tackle this. Yeah. Government isn't using their billions to tackle this. Yeah. Doctors are, but I feel like science communication is key. You need a few big figures out there that people can relate to yeah. and trust. Yeah. Like we have that in, uh, uh, what's his name, Neil deGrasse Tyson. We have that in Brian Cox in physics. We have that in, uh, what's the guy with the glasses, man? The professor, white old guy. Oh. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> but, look, we, but, 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 but there needs to be like an influencer out there that people genuinely trust. And sci- scientists need to better communicate their work to the public and there needs to be more community community engagement i think once that happens then i think the tides will slowly change okay um got mohammed wants to ask one last question and then i'll ask one last question go ahead all right um my question is linked to what beauty said earlier that we're gonna of course tackle the mmr issue um with autism the link between that Mm. but in the, ne- in the coming weeks but I want to just get your brief views and as a Somali I think it's appropriate as a Somalia as a Somali okay. uh, as a Somali <laughs> I think it's appropriate to have your view on this because yeah yeah sure first thing I want to say is that um, MMR doesn't cause autism thank you okay that's the first thing I want to say <laughs> but I think the there is a lot of deep issues within our own community and I've had and I've had personal experiences and I don't want to delve too much mm. into it but um, you know when my parents came to the UK and this is and you will hear quite a few of these stories yeah. my my older sister has autism and mm. before she was given the MMR my parents said and this is and the, the important thing to note here this was before Andrew Wakefield. Yeah. So he didn't exist at this point. Yeah. This was, I'm talking about early 90s. Yeah. So, so my parents were like, yeah, they, they held this view for a long time before I spoke to them and told them different things. And mm. now they, they, they've changed their mind, which is good. But for, for the longest, they, were, they believed that this vaccination caused um, the autism my sister. And she was like, they, she was perfectly fine. We gave her the vaccination overnight. She was vomiting. She was having a lot of gastrointestinal issues. She was screaming. She started bashing her head against the wall. She was, you know, in agony for days. And we took her to the, the hospital and they were like, it was just a reaction to that medicine and, and to that to the to the vaccine. And mm-hmm. after that, they, they were like saying the things that she used to say, she stopped saying it. The foods she started to eat, she didn't eat anymore. And again, what I'm saying is quite powerful because I'm not saying that it caused it, but you know, these this is what my parents like. They know my my sister the like well. That was their yeah, first kid. They, yeah. And as a parent, you'll know things that happen. And so, for the longest, they held that that was the reason for their for their thing. And then what comes with Andrew Wakefield, who's been disgraced and been driven into yeah, the dirt, was that be. parents were parents were coming to him with the same problems, yeah. and he you know he went into this and he was like i want to see whether there is a link between gastrointestinal issues and the mmr and you know the rest is history i mean he's been disgraced but the weird thing is and this is and i must point this out as well the parts in that paper and a lot of people haven't read his paper and i'm not supporting his paper at all but parts of his paper and the ideas that he's propelling in terms of there being a a link between the, the gastrointestinal system and the brain there is a link that same idea is being now researched in um, in labs and research centres globally. Yeah. From in London uh, to Harvard to all of these top universities, yeah. they're looking at this link. And I was reading uh, a paper today that was that said that they found a, a variant mutation in uh, people that have um, autism, yeah. and that same mutation was also found in certain yeah. gastrointestinal issues. And so, again, I'm not saying that MMR causes autism. However, you know, what is sad is that I'm having to tell my parents that everything that they've seen and they witness, it's almost like gaslighting, if that's the right yeah. thing. It's like telling them that, like, even though that is the version of events that happen, 
but that wasn't the reason why my sister became that. Even though she yeah. lost her speech and yeah. she stopped eating, yeah. that is not the reason. And they still, you know, back, that's what they believed. And, and I don't know to what degree they believe this, but having to tell them that is like me telling them that like the entire memory is, is, is sort of wrong, it's false, it's yeah. false. Yeah. it didn't cause it, it was so a matter of time. You're kind of ma- not making this up, but it's a coincidence yeah. that all yeah. the, the signs of autism is seen at the same time as um, the time the vaccination is taken up. So all of these things is, is hard and we've like debated. And, and the thing is, one of the things I tell people all the time is that out of all of the psychiatric issues that exist and developmental issues, that d- disorders that exist currently, yeah. autism is the one that is the most, that has got the most genetic component to it. I mean, mm. it's, it's highly heritable. Like if the chances that if a parent has autism, like have some aspect of autism, that their child will get it, will be a lot, e- like it'll be, it'll, it's, there's a higher chance that they'll pass some of them traits to their um, their offsprings yeah. than bipolar or schizophrenia, etc. Yeah. It's like really, there's a really high genetic component to it. Um, and that's my way of telling people that the MMR doesn't cause um, autism. autism. That's my way of saying okay. it from a genetic point of view. Okay. Um, um, yeah, with regards to the Wakefield issue that you said yeah. the research was coherent uh, by the interpretation section that was uh, withdrawn by the Lancet yeah. so so the methods that you used were appropriate in that sense but just the interpretation section was the completely... method was incorrect like the way he went about it was very dubious um, yeah. he kind of handpicked his look his this is a, it, in it, terms it, of the the people that he that approached him, yeah, of course. It's his the story sample, versus, yeah. The he, sample was very well, biased, the, it, skewed in that sense. Okay, so it was a case series, and you can have medical papers that only look at one patient. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if it's like an, a, a rare, like a rare condition, right? Um, and this person has some sort of genetic abnormality that has never ever been detected. As a researcher, you write this up, even though it's one patient. It would be a case study. It would be a case study, but this was a case series. And he completely like ignored people that didn't align with his. Exactly. So he was he was he was doing a case series. He picked up all of the cases that fit what he was after. Yeah. And so, but again, the the biology of what he was talking about in terms of the gut and the brain, that is being researched today. As we yeah. speak, like there there is there's you know there's research going out there people are looking to see whether you know your gut and the way it's like made and the way it functions might have an impact on the brain development like there's hundreds of papers on this um but unfortunately you know the way he the methodology he went about it and 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 him putting out there that mmr causes autism is what switched every like everyone just blanked everything out no one looked at the paper because they're like ridiculous how can you how can you say such thing exactly and so no one actually read the paper people just look at population meta-analysis that show that you know in these big 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 broad populations like you know there isn't a link if anything having the vaccine actually reduces the chances of you even having autism um but again you know other people have different different opinions to that so I got there was no repeatable evidence yeah, so I got none two questions for you yeah incredibly brief first one so obviously you do a lot of work on like genetic disorders uh, mental health which is amazing I actually want to read your work but my first question with regards to your line of work is and based on what you said are you saying that when children or anyone has genetic disorders they should approach vaccines with a bit more caution. That's my first question. And my last question to you before my hand closes um, is should we silence anti-vaxxers? Um, so for the first question, um, no. I think that right now there is no evidence to suggest any sort of genetic variant that you have mm. should sway your opinion. Um, Perhaps in the future, if there is, as we're we're in the, currently in the personalized era yeah. in which medicine. medicine, where treatments and therapies are now targeted more towards your genetic makeup, yeah. and we know that certain drugs, if certain individuals have it, they might have like a, 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 a an adverse drug reaction to it, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, I think if like all the vaccines currently are are, are safe, and if they weren't. 
uh, they wouldn't be out. But I just want to add one more thing before we cut this off, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just open this up. Is that, you know, Big Pharma gets a lot of... Um, people are very... Um, skeptical about big pharma generally speaking and i and i I never and i never understood why and i was doing my own research as part of this podcast and i've done this before as well and i was looking at the number of settlements Mm. pharmaceutical companies have had Mm. in the past 20 years and Mm. it's ridiculous and have you had a look at this as well so for example at gsk in Mm. 2012 Mm. they settled for three billion one billion was for criminal offenses two billion in civil yeah um they were paying their physician kickbacks so for example if a physician was to um get an mri scan of an individual or was to give another drug etc you know i'm I'm just if they do something far more once they'll they'll incentivize it they'll get paid that's what that's what a kickback is and they and that was there was also failure to disclose safety data as well Mm -hmm. so that was part of it and this is for a a number of products and you know they they this what they done was illegal pfizer 2.3 billion 2.2 billion from johnson all of the this entire list is is billions and billions and billions Mm. and it's either off-label promotion kickbacks um, not um, disclosing safety data, and yeah. and we we tend to forget that the pharmaceutical industry is a business. It They're is, there yeah. to make a money, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I am a big ph- like I'm I'm huge support of pharmaceutical industry purely because a lot of the science that they do, academia can't afford. They can't afford like they do the same science as what academics do in labs, but because they have the billions, they can accelerate all of the biological research is a lot quicker than academia which yeah. is why i support pharma a lot but and if i like I, I would love to work in pharmaceutical companies as well with drugs that is like something that i would want to do because i feel like they have saved billions of lives like billions of lives although there is you know some dubious activities i agree and 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 i think you shouldn't discredit because of these because of these things. You shouldn't just dismiss the entire thing. We should hold them to account, which is why I think anti. Going to your last point, anti-vaxxers kind of exist because, like in any you know global organization, whether it's or you know a national organization, look at for example House of Commons. You have your executive branch, but then you have the opposition for good reason. You always need people that can check you and put you into account. And so I agree with that, but do they go through the right channels to challenge? the big pharma there isn't any channels the only channels is right now an anti-vaxxer movement or taking these guys to to court and getting their reaping their billions but it doesn't matter because they're still making billions so what is the right channel like i was saying like there is no connection between pharma and and patients the medics are in between and then the medics are so and they're they're so against anti-vaxxers they will laugh at your face if you remote if a parent remotely has any sort of seed of doubts when it comes to vaccines and so people are left well we can't go to medics because they're trying to basically enforce this because they believe the science is perfect and then the pharmaceutical companies are behind closed doors we don't know who they are but then we can see there's lists and lists of 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 them settling in courts and and for quite good reason right um so just to balance it out like i feel like it's important like you know it's I'm not trying to put out there an anti vax uh, statements, but what I'm trying to say that this stuff isn't is not hidden. This is public. These there's these billions of settlements is out there and they are violating. So they need to be held to account their their actions. Mm. Um, Even if it's leading to the deaths of thousands of people no, because no, of the misinformation. For, for the no, it has to go through the right routes. We need to if people are getting kickbacks, why are they getting kickbacks? I mean, if you're promoting, you know, a drug or off-label drug to someone that might not necessarily need it, need it, and they suffer as a result, yeah. then you know, where's the, there's going to be some outcry? Like there has to be, there no one's right or wrong from either side. There has to be a coming together, like an understanding to prevent, you know, people profit making products just to profit. There needs to be that sort of a balance that exists. Do you not think that there are governing bodies that actually regulate these pharmaceutical industries instead? doing a better job than actually a movement that the premise of the actual movement is just to tweet and um, go on social media and give out misinformation to people 
So you're saying that, uh, there should there be governing body? Govern, no, governing I'm, body. I'm saying that there is a, there's already a governing body hmm. that regulates these big pharma industries. Hmm. So why is there a need for the anti-vaccination movement? No, they're doing a great job. Like Governing bodies out there are doing an excellent job. But they... So do we really need the anti-vaccine movement? Well, if... If they're if, creating if, well, listen, mistrust, listen. Um, handing misinformation and um, ultimately leading, leading to the deaths of thousands. Well... So you can you can you can I agree with that point, but then you can also say like, if this person didn't take GSK to to court, there will be drugs out there with no they have, that haven't disclosed like their safety data. So we don't actually know in the clinical trials what actually happened to those that took the medicine. How did they respond? What is the side effects? If you're if you're not disclosing the safety data, if you're a parent, would you give that? Would you be willing to give medication? that has no side effects written on it or if they didn't disclose safety data on it like you would be very hesitant mm. you'd be very hesitant like as a parent you want to protect your child and you wouldn't want them to go through something that has like you know that isn't that hasn't been done properly like you want everything to be legitimate i'm not going to say don't take the drug but at least give me the right evidence and they lost these battles in court and they've been and they've been like they've settled for billions so like yeah, I, I don't agree with the anti-vaxxers movement because it does cause a lot of people to die. But at the same time, there has to be some level of opposition to this sort of... Uh, or There has to be some level of accountability that pharmaceuticals uh, have and they should be worried. And, and, and someone should, and public should hold them to account 100%. Okay, yeah. well... Yo, you guys got heated there for a second. I saw serious really? faces. I <laughs> no. saw frowns. No. Um, I'm actually really ill, guys, but I'm, I'm still here present and mediating it. Well. Thank you so much, um, Ibrahim, for coming on. Like, you've got a lot of good things to say. Do you want to shout out anything? Um, Not your mixtape. Uh, <laughs> I don't actually have anything to shout out. I used to. Um, but I no, nothing to shout out. No. I just... Um, I mean, I think your Socials, Twitter page is yeah, quite insightful. Really oh, okay. Yeah, Especially yeah. with your um, with your commentary on genetics and psychiatric disorders. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's something like um, I'm very passionate about. Um, yeah, I stalked your Twitter a bit. Yeah. <laughs> out there in public, nothing's to stalk. Yeah. But um, but yeah. I, What's that name? The at is a uh, genetic underscore ibs yeah. ibs for Ibrahim. Uh, Not the disease. Although when I do tweet, mm-hmm. there is like an irritable bowel syndrome. People do like my tweets. Oh no, because they think because they think oh. it's like uh, <laughs> so. I'm like, uh, yeah, but no. So, um, thank so, you so much, man. You had so many insightful things to say. I don't know why you felt nervous, man. You were amazing. I just you know what it is. I'll be uh, like, I think one last, last, last point. I think people, (laughs) I think it's important that we had this conversation. A lot of people are hesitant to discuss vaccine, like generally speaking, anti-vaxxers. People don't want to talk about it. So I think the fact that this discussion has had, maybe people listen to and they don't like what I say. I don't. I couldn't care less. Like I really couldn't care less. Like if people because that's. But th- because they're my own opinion, yeah. and, I'm, and, I'm, I'm, and I know that I'm looking in what I'm like. I'm taking information that's out there, and I'm yeah. making my own judgment. So, yeah. you know, if you agree with me, fine. If you don't, then that's also fine. Um, <laughs> we're adults at the end of the day, and yeah, we just had a yep. So just to preface before we close, so next week um, we're gonna have another Ibrahim, <laughs> Yasmin Ibrahim. Sorry, she's my friend. Um, hmm. We studied with her, who will be doing commentary based on this episode.